1: Welcome to another game week version of the Cardscast as Louisville has their home opener on Thursday night. Murray State, FCS in-state opponent coming into LN Stadium. It's the Jeff Brom home opener as well. His first game as head coach of the Cardinals at LN Stadium. So a lot to be excited about, especially the Cardinals coming off that thrilling comeback uh, win over Georgia Tech last Friday night. I'm Cardinal Authority senior writer Michael McCammon, joined by publisher Jody Demlin. And Jody, that buzz that started surfacing the moment they introduced Jeff Brahma's head coach is now upon us. I mean, you, you get that first win, the buzz continues to grow. And now that home opener that so many people have been looking forward to is now just days away. Yes, it
0: is. It's uh ridiculous uh that uh it's only a couple of days because we need more time to prepare. No, it's actually <laughs> it's, it's actually good to have a little quick turnaround. So uh 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 but uh because you know, the thing of it is, Michael, they didn't play great. They got away with the win, and I think the guys really want to kind of get back out there. So a short week doesn't hurt uh, this week, and and having it be in Murray State I think does help. And then, uh, and then we'll get into kind of a little bit of a rotation, you know, moving forward, although we still have a couple of weeknight games, you know.
1: Yeah, you know, and, and one of the things I'm looking forward to with this Murray State game is when you look back at the Georgia Tech game, you look at the offensive line, basically five guys played, you know, and and you saw that in a couple spots where the rotation really didn't go as deep as, as we were expecting. And, and maybe we, we were expecting too much of a rotation for the first game, but I think we're going to start to see more guys, you know, start to rotate as well. So we'll get a little bit more idea of how talented, how ready that that depth is at, at multiple different spots. So, um, a lot of things to get excited about for this game other than the off the field excitement to, you know things such as Jeff Probs first game and stuff like that so a lot, you know you pointed out in a video you did for Cardinal Authority today i think we're going to see an improved team this week yeah no i
0: think we are i think we're definitely going to see not only an improved team but i think we're going to see a team that's kind of hungry to show uh people what they uh what they what they really are, Michael, and and I don't think we saw that last week. I think we saw t- glimpses of it because I think this defense can be pretty good. Uh, I think they can be pretty hard-nosed and kind of tough and gritty, and I think this offense, I, I know people think it's going to be just fling it all over the field with Jeff Brom, but I really think this offense is going to be predicated by the run, and I, I think you saw that. Uh, A glimpse of that uh, in in week one with the offensive line doing what they did. Now, moving forward, I think the big thing for the offensive line in the running game is they need to get more guys involved. And, you know, I don't don't mean even the running backs because those guys didn't touch it a lot. Um, (laughs) If I'm Jawar Jordan, um, I I think I'm a little upset until the end of the game that I wasn't getting touches. But uh, Isaac Garindo looked really good in there. Uh, and, and then, and I thought for a while. I thought, okay, Isaac's getting all the touches. Well, he wasn't. He only got six touches. Uh, <laughs> I, he got a couple out of the backfield, I think, too. You know, receiving, but I'm talking running back touches. So it was seven for Jordan, seven for Turner, and six for Garindo. I, I think that's going to be kind of how it is. Is they're going to have to take advantage of uh, they're going to have to take advantage of what it is, um, what what they do best, and that is, uh, you know, run the ball. And I think that's what it's going to be.
1: Yeah, I think we're going to continue to see the continued uh, strong play from the from the Louisville running game, and and you really got to tip your hat to the offensive line as well. Uh, and, and like I mentioned, look forward to seeing how that rotation develops. But man, that first team O line—I mean, they really did their job, keeping guys clean, not letting you know negative plays occur. You know, and that's a trend you I certainly want to you know continue, but. You talk about building some confidence with your first team offensive line, and they certainly did that. And and the way the defense, you know, bounced back after the after the uh, the halftime break, and it wasn't just the defense that bounced back. Obviously, both sides did. But to really basically put pitch a shutout until you went into a prevent defense, which Brom said, you know, maybe we were in that a little bit too much, uh, you know, during his comments on Monday. Um, I mean, that that was a fantastic effort. I mean, you had guys getting into the backfield, making big plays, be it Ashton Gelati, Des, Des Tell. Uh, you know, and and that's what you want from your defense. So if they're able to continue to improve on both sides of the ball, which we saw in the second half, then yeah, I like where this uh, where this season could potentially go for these Cardinals. I
0: I, thought, I found it very interesting that that down on the field and in in listening and watching to those guys uh, as as the game was going on, I yeah. think, um, and then listening to Coach Brom today and Coach Hagan, Mark Hagan, the the co offensive or co defensive coordinator. I, I felt it interesting because I, I kind of was like, they were out of position. It felt like they were a little slow getting the calls in. And that's exactly what the coaches said. Yeah. Some guys were out of position at times. And he, Coach Braum blamed it on the defensive staff in being slow in getting some calls in. And the, two of the touchdown plays, if you go back and watch it on TV, and I think you can even see it uh, on the highlights, but two of the touchdown plays, one of them, I think it's the Cooley, the lo- the uh, longer Cooley run. Um, there's a couple guys just seconds before the ball is snapped, still looking at the sideline and not really in their stances. Yeah. And one of the other touchdown plays as well, there's, there's at least one or two guys that kind of don't know what maybe the call is because it was a little too late or, or uh, you know, it was a little too late uh, and, I, and then that it was called in or that was signaled in. So I think that was big, and I think uh, that that's something that Ron English had to – obviously, he, he, he started working it out at halftime or whatever they did different in the second half, uh, it worked better. So uh, I think that that is uh, where this has to move forward. And I think that this – you know, it, it's the first game for everybody. And and honestly, yes, they he's he's been the defensive coordinator before, should have gotten the calls in a little bit quicker. But the guys that he's signaling to – are not necessarily all of the same guys who were there before they got all new GAs and QCs. I mean, there's a couple of them that are still around from, uh, from Purdue, but, but for the most part, it's a lot of different guys. And I think it is a little bit of an adjustment. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt for, for that one quarter Uh, they made up for it. They came back, they played great in the second half. They won the game. The offense scored five out of six possessions in the second half. Even though you want touchdowns, uh, at least you know you got a kicker who can make that. So, Michael, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say, "Hey, you got to win." Now, let's make this week look prettier and and, and let's get a uh, let's get a big win this week. That's what that would be nice.
1: Yeah, and one of the things that uh, that you like to hear, and we heard it during the post game from Jeff Brom himself. We heard, you know, Jeff Brom mentioned it again on his Monday press conference. Uh, Mark Hagen referenced it. You know that the coaches are. Are quick to accept responsibility. Mark Higgins today said, you know, Ron English came up to us and said, Hey, that's on me. You know, and he wasn't the only coach saying, Hey, that's on me. Jeff Brom said, Hey, I made mistakes. We all made mistakes. You know, so it wasn't just, you know, players being aligned wrong or not understanding what they're supposed to be doing. It was, it was a full team effort uh, in the second half. And, and it's, it's great to hear that, you know, the coaching staff say, Hey, put that on my shoulders. But at the same time, acknowledge, okay, players, you need to up your, your effort as well. As we heard Jeff Brom saying, you know, if you're not giving more effort, than the next guy next to you across the field and you may not be playing the rest of the year but uh, whatever that halftime speech was it certainly worked you know and yeah you know, something I asked Mark Hagan about today and I think it also played a massive role was that early loss of Ben Perry on the questionable uh, targeting call you know you heard Mark Hagan today so you know that was kind of a a rough call there um, because By the way, the, it, was,
0: it wasn't questionable. It was not targeting. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I was being a little bit more politically correct, but I think that that played a, obviously another huge role. I mean, Ben Perry, I mean, you picked him as a likely MVP for this defense and you lose a guy like that, that can impact in so many ways. We've ter- heard about how he's kind of like a utility knife, you know, Swiss army knife kind of guy for this defense. And you lose a guy with his experience and that much value at multiple spots on the field so quickly in a game that, you know, that's going to, you know, you know, cause some problems from your defense as well. So looking forward to seeing him back on the field, you know, the the, the continued improvement, both from the coaching staff and the players and on uh, uh, and being quicker, getting things, you know, signaled in and, and all that and seeing how that does improve. Cause that's, that's something that, you know, it's kind of you're playing against yourself in those kind of situations. So it doesn't really matter who the opponent is you can kind of still track on how they improve and those type of things. And certainly having Ben Perry out there will make a huge impact.
0: Yeah, totally will. And, and I'm, I, I think that, uh, uh, you know, I, we need to get the special teams in a minute as well. I'm, yep. I'm, we're taping this and I'm watching uh, uh, the Clemson special teams just, uh, just go nuts because they can't get things right tonight. But uh, uh, anyway, I, I, uh, Michael, I I think the defense with Ben Perry in there, obviously, you know, he wasn't going to make up for being out of position and all that kind of good stuff. So, you know, I think, again, they're going to – I think that shows the depth where they have built a little depth, okay, and that's in the yeah. secondary at least, okay. Antonio Watts played a really good game. Um, uh, He played a really good game coming in there for, uh, you know, for Ben – and uh, and 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 filling in for him. I think Ben, um it was the second series for Ben Perry. And if I'm not mistaken, he only played seven or eight snaps. Um, you know, Antonio Watts ends up with, you know, over sixty five snaps, almost the most snaps of of anybody on the defense. That was uh, Riley and Makins. and they're gonna stay in there. Those two guys uh, are gonna stay in there quite a bit with with Brownlee and you know, Devin Neal, and that's where, um, you know, I, I just think the defense, we've we've seen that secondary or we've heard them talk about that secondary, and and, and I think that that is going to be something this year that uh, uh, is going to be a, the, the, where they're going to be able to hang their hat on a little bit is, is the guys back there. Now they're going to need some other guys to step up. Um, you know, Storm Duck had a couple of good moments. Um, Cam Kelly didn't play a ton. He's got to get better. Uh, and has got to come out there and and, and, and help them out, you know, and, and, and I think you just got to see some other guys, you know, somebody else, if it's Marcus Washington or, or somebody like that, is going to have to log some minutes at some point because you're going to need some extra bodies uh, out there. That's what worries me a little bit. That and the linebackers still worry me as far as depth because of the injuries in the secondary that they have, and linebacker just kind of the lack of it. TJ Quinn and Jalen Alderman were fantastic. for the most part they weren't they weren't great in the uh uh, they weren't great in um you know in the uh, in the first part of the game or in the first in the second quarter they were pretty good uh, uh they were pretty good throughout now let me just go one thing while we're talking defense here in that second quarter two big plays okay two very very big plays um jackson hamilton and keith brown both missed tackles um louisville didn't have a ton of missed tackles if i'm if i'm not mistaken going back in my mind and i'm thinking about it uh i wrote it down somewhere in my while well, well, i was watching i was re-watching the game and i wrote it down somewhere and now i can't find it but if i'm not mistaken it was it was one for i know it was one for hamilton and brown because they were on the big big plays in the first half there was one for alderman and then the one on the on the uh, screen pass by minkins that he just overran him and tried to get him with his shoulder So that was four of them. I think Watts had one, and I think that was all they had, Michael. Um, So while it seemed like a lot because they came in a short period of time, this team actually did a pretty good job of tackling. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this.
1: Adidas. Yeah, it was just, a, it was a really strange quarter, all, all you know, all the way around, and it's certainly something that, you know, they quickly fixed and, and look to continue to shore up as they get in the, into the next week. And I know we want to talk special teams for this next Thursday. Uh, but before that, let me let, we got to talk a little Jack Plummer. I mean, we've heard, you know, Jeff Brom talk about during the season that, you know, I guess one of his weaknesses as far as Jack Plummer goes is sometimes he presses, you know, and tries to force things a little bit because he's trying to make that big play. And even though we hear that and we know that coming in, how stunned were you during that first half? I mean, it was just – I mean – it was it was difficult seeing a quarterback that you expected so much from to just yeah. struggle to you know to, to get the ball to a receiver. I kept thinking in my mind,
0: though, of what Coach Braum had said over and over again during camp. And one thing you don't like to hear a coach say about your quarterback, but he, he's been around him a long time and he kept saying it over and over again. And Michael, you and I talked about it on our podcast last week, on the pregame podcast last week. He can be streaky yeah. and unfortunately or i guess fortunately the streak didn't kill him this time as far as in a loss um but he was he got streaky in the second half now i i think here here's what i think i think he got i did think he pressed i thought jack looked really nervous like i thought he looked super nervous going into that game um i thought he was jittery i thought when jimmy callaway dropped that ball early on that that he pressed a little more than probably he would have if Jimmy Callaway catches that ball he might score it was a it was like a slant it was like yep. a kind of like a like a quick slant and he had the cornerback on his back hip the cornerback might tackle him if he does it's inside the 10-yard line Louisville's got first and goal if he doesn't it's a touchdown um I think after that not only was Jack but I think some of the other guys on the offense I think they they did tighten up a little bit or a lot and I think it took a while for Jack to to get out of it. Now this goes to show you to me in my mind how good Jeff Brom is as a play caller because I thought they came out in the second half I was standing with Jeff Brom w- walking on the field as he was doing the ESPN interview and he kept mentioning to get tougher, to get smarter, to get tougher, to get smarter, to get tougher, to get smarter, over and over again in different answers. But he also made made mention that when he, they asked him about Jack, he said he just needs to take it easy and do the easy things. And I thought the first series was a very easy play call for him as far as coming out, you get a reverse You come out, you get an easy little toss, pitch and catch out to the sidelines. You get a nice run by, uh, and another little toss to Garendo. I just thought Jeff Brom was a master play caller. That's where you saw, I thought, the play calling come out right there. He he really um, took it out of Jack Plummer's hands and basically gave him some easy plays to get relaxed. They didn't score a field or a touchdown. They got a field goal, and I thought to myself, man, that might keep him a little tight, but it didn't because the defense then got a stop, got the ball back, and and then moved right, right down the field and, and, and get a touchdown. So it was a really good uh, a play call early on in that quarter, in, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it was the type of first-half performance where if it's not a six-year quarterback, a quarterback that has spent multiple years Learning from Jeff Brom, understanding the offense as, as in depth as he does, he may have gone with somebody else in the second half. You know, but in that situation, you know, even I was like, I don't know how you can come back with a guy that's struggling so much in a game like this that means so much. And you know, first game of the Brom era, you know, trying to get off to a good start, you want to win now. As we've heard from Jeff Brom say, you know, so for him to stick with them and like you were saying, the play calling to start that second half, you know, he knew. Look, I'm going to stick with them. But we've got to get something going, and, and you're right. I thought the play calling coming out was fantastic, and then as Jack did start gaining some confidence, calming down a little bit. Um, he, he still made some great throws, or started to make some great throws. But you know, didn't still wasn't a perfect second half. I mean, much better, but you know, still a little behind some guys, a short here and there. But uh, much improved, and and certainly helped Louisville come back to a victory. But you know, we could point at a lot of guys, Jody, on who was the MVP of this game. One of them that certainly should get some strong considerations, Brock Travelstead.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, I, you know, we kind of had, if you listen to the podcast, if you read what we, you know, Michael and I were kind of posting and, and, and talking about when we were talking about the punter job over the course of the last few weeks, we kind of gave you a little bit of a hint that we thought it was going to be Brock Travelstead. That's what it looked like. It's what it sounded like, and that's what it ended up being. By the way, not one true freshman played a snap on either side of the ball for Louisville. The only true freshman that actually played in the game was Stanquan Clark, and that was on special teams. Not one true freshman played a snap on either side of the ball for Louisville in that game. Think about that for a second. So Jeff Brom... He doesn't want to put those guys in that situation. He said it last week in his press conference, and I don't think people really remember or I don't think people believed him um, that, that he wouldn't do it. Uh, you know, Jamari Johnson's going to play. I, I I think we'll see him this week. Stan Klein-Clark, he's going to play. I think we're going to see him this week. Adonijah Green, he's going to play. I mean, I could go on and on and on with, with you know, five or six guys that are going to play, but he wasn't going to put Carter Schwartz out there in the first game, like he wasn't going to put those guys out there in the first game. Yeah. Now, the fact that Brock Travelstead went out there and did what he did in the first game might mean Carter Schwartz might not get a lot of opportunities this <laughs> yeah. year as a true freshman because Brock Travelstead, they called him Legatron in, in high school for a reason. I remember going down to his high school, and I watched him work out going into his senior season, Michael, and he was it was just him out there by himself. But he was at the 40-yard line on a high school field, and he was just booming balls through the upright. And, and, and I'll never forget it. I thought, my goodness, this guy. And then for whatever reason, when he got here, it wasn't great. He was like, you know, there's all that kind of good stuff. He lost his job, the job, or he didn't get the job because James Turner got it, and then just on and on and on. Last year he had an injury. This year he's the guy. And, uh, boy, he was not only good there, but I thought punt-wise – he didn't have a super long one at punt, which is more impressive to me than anything because he averaged 46 yards on four punts. And his longest was 48. Uh, he's a weapon. He, yeah. he he is a major weapon for Louisville. And, uh, and I think Louisville did a good job. Look, they did a good job blocking the one return that, 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 Jawar got. He almost broke it a little bit. If he, if he gets one more block, he breaks it for at least 20 more yards, maybe even more than that. So uh, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what they did. And I love, I love having Kevin Coleman back there returning punts. I thought it might be Quincy Riley. We had seen Amari Huggins-Bruce. I think both those guys have got potential. But Coleman is sure-handed, and he is shifty. I really like him back there.
1: couple quick notes on Brock Travelstead before we shut down. Four punts, as Jody mentioned, 46, actually 46.25 is his average of four punts. That's currently That sits him currently number 20 in the nation in punting average which is quite impressive and of course when you drill four field goals 33 30 22 and 38 he's currently tied for the nation's lead in field goal percentage and field goals made so um, heck of a start for Brock Travelstead at both the punting and uh, the field goal kicking obviously you know does well you know kickoffs as well Yep no that's it was it was a good it was a good night for him and a good yep. night for the Cards, Michael
0: as they are going to uh, get better this week it's a Murray State team that uh, they should win the game there's no question about they should win this game and they should win it handily um and i think that's you know while while you don't measure teams in in these games there is no spread uh there won't be a spread uh in this game if i were making a spread i would say what what do you think michael i would say louisville by by 28 louisville by 31 maybe something like that uh, I, I think is what uh, is what I would say. Uh, Louisville is 14 and six uh, in this series. They've won the last six and uh, that of, of those six, I think they've scored I think they've scored 50 or more and two or three of those six. So uh, hopefully Louisville can get some things going this one uh, and get some guys in the game that we haven't seen yet and uh, and try to try to build that depth a little bit more.
1: Yeah, I think that's, you know, I'm curious to see how much or when we'll start seeing more of a rotation. I think we're going to see, you know, pretty much what we saw against Georgia Tech as far as the first team and the subs that we did see for probably the bulk of the first half. Now, obviously, if they start lighting it up pretty quickly, that may change. But yeah, I think Jeff probably wants to see, you know, work out those kinks, get rid of you know the, the mistakes that we've been talking about, and, and be more fluid consistently throughout. And I think that that's the case. Yeah, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna win big. And looking forward to seeing the that those first team guys. You know, make that next step forward in their season, while also getting a chance to see some of the youngsters and some of the other guys on the depth chart.
0: Yep, it's Lowell's home opener. Get out there. There are, as far as I understand, as far as today, uh, earlier today, there are forty-two thousand tickets that are out. Um, which is which is quite a bit. That's a lot, um, and uh, and so there's 42,000 that are out as of Monday of the early in game week. So that means there's going to be quite a few more uh, that uh, that are out before game time. It's a blackout. Get out there and uh, and uh, and let's have some fun on opening night at LN Stadium. For Michael McCammon, I'm Jody Demling. This has been a week our weekly edition of the Cards Cast. We will uh, do a game day edition with some picks later on in the week. And then uh, we'll be back next Monday with the Cardscast. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game.